Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the Burgundy and Blue, Mike Evans. All right, everybody, welcome in as we are done with the All-Star Weekend. Thank you. I gave it my best shot. I tried to invest myself in NHL All-Star Weekend. It was difficult. Look, I'm just one of those guys. I can't help it. Just not a big fan of the All-Star games and uh, the skills competitions. Uh, I I hung with it uh, enough to be dangerous, enough to see Nikita Kucherov get booed for his shameful effort in which the broadcast crew called him out, the Toronto crowd was booing him, and as I was watching, I was like, hey, not that I want Nathan McKinnon to get any uh, favors, I want him to earn this Hart Trophy on his own merit, which I think he will. But, hey, if some hockey MVP Hart Trophy voter saw Nikita Kucherov just dogging it during the skills competition enough so that the crowd was booing him and that reflects in how somebody may vote for the Hart Trophy, hey, file that away. little seed planted. Congratulations to Alexander Georgiev, who got $100,000 for winning the goaltending uh, competition. Always nice to win hundred grand, But uh, the skills competition, the NHL All-Star Weekend is over. Nobody got hurt. And now the Avalanche can get back to the business of playing real hockey. And they start with the, the longest road trip of the year, six games. They're going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, by the time they come back, it'll be the middle of February. And we'll have a, a better idea about what this team is looking like as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, which is March 8th. And by the way, Interesting little debate, I guess, that arose from Nathan McKinnon talking about the uh, the trade deadline. And, and his, th- his take on it was that he thinks that maybe it's a little too late, a little too late in the season. Because any moves that you make, any players that you bring in, there isn't a lot of time left for that player to get acclimated, to get assimilated with the new team that he's joining. There's only about 20, 25 games left. Is that enough time to really get uh, fit in with your new team. I, I see where he's coming from. And and honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Um, his point is that maybe if you move it up, like, for example, uh, we're talking on this day, it's February 5th. The trade deadline in the NBA is February 8th. And so maybe the idea that McKinnon is advancing is that if you move the deadline, I guess that would be up, move it up a little bit, it would allow teams to acquire players who would then have more time to get acclimated with their new team. I suppose that's one way of looking at it, and I'm certainly going to respect where McKinnon's coming from with his with his standpoint. I guess the other way I look at it, though, is that if you push it back to March 8th, okay, maybe the player that you acquire doesn't have as much time to fit in, but I would look at it, and I would argue in favor of it, from an avalanche standpoint, that – If you're trying to make a deal to help your hockey team, the more teams that decide by March 8th that they're out of it or unlikely to make a run at the playoffs, the more the pool of of possible players to go trade for expands. If you push it back to um, or move it up to to like a February 8th, uh, move it up a month, then there are probably more teams that may look at themselves in the standings. We still got a shot. We're only four or five points out of the wild card spot. You know how it is, how 
teams can rationalize uh, their position and maybe decide to hold on to players. Uh, baseball, I noticed, is they're they're good. Baseball is is funny because with the advent of the extra wild card, there are teams teams aren't really eliminated at the trade deadline, but you'll see plenty of teams who'll look at their situation and just say, "Look, we we may only be three and a half games out of the second wild card spot, but." We know that we're not really a legitimate wild card team, and even if we were to get in, we're not going to do much. So we're going to trade guys off. So that's kind of the, I guess, the pros and cons of where you're coming at from the Avalanche. If you look at where the trade deadline is, whether or not it'd be smart to move it up, maybe for the benefit of who you're going out and getting, it might be better to move it up. But if you just want to increase the pool of players that you might have a chance to trade for, then I think where it's at right now in March is better off for the Avs. So, you know, just something to think about and, and hash out in your own mind what you think would be better for the uh, for the league, for the NHL, um, for the Avs. As as far as this Avs team that gets back to work, uh, the, the interesting wild card now, the new variable is Zach Parise, who got a chance to uh, talk to the media before they took off for the, the road trip, and he said his story is interesting, really it is, is that here's a guy who, you know, thought that maybe he was done with hockey. Thought that he was done. And so during the offseason, he didn't go out and prepare and train the way that he normally would. And he was still messing around, you know, skating, playing a little pickup hockey, that kind of thing. But he said that in, in September when everybody left to go back to training camp, he found himself kind of having second thoughts. You know, I kind of miss it. I still have that pang of uh, wanting to go play. So what he decided then, and he let teams know, is that, hey, keep me in mind. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to put in the training. I'm going to get myself ready. And that by midway through the season, I might be ready to come help a hockey team. And so some teams stayed in touch with him, including the Avs. And ultimately, it came time to make a decision. He picked the Avs. And as he said, why wouldn't I? I've never won a cup. I want to, I want another crack at it. Nothing is guaranteed. But when it comes to the Avs, this might be my, my best odds of having a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And naturally, it seems to make a lot of sense. So he's picked the Avs. And the Avs are going to get him... Uh, thrown into the lineup. It looks like he's going to skate on the second line with Ryan Johansson, centering Parise, and uh, Arturi Lekkanen. And we'll find out how long it takes for uh, Parise to get up to speed. It, it's an intriguing pickup because you go back and look at this guy last year at age 38, scored 21 goals. He was a 20-goal scorer. I mean, that's not anything to just sneeze at. In fact, if you look at the Avs right now and you look at the guys that are likely to finish with more than 21 goals in the season, it's really only it's really only three guys. It's um, it's McKinnon, it's Rantanen, and it's Val Nachuskin when Val ends up coming back. I, I don't. I, I mean, Kale McCarr's got 12 goals as we're speaking right now. Possible. I wouldn't put it past Kale, but you know he's still got some work to do. And Logan O'Connor has 13. I know Logan O'Connor's having a career year, but does he have another eight goals in him? Possible. But my point being is that 21 goals in the season is uh, is rather significant production still in this day and age of the NHL. And if you got a guy who was able to do that last year, you know, it. it I think it's a, a good gamble to take to bring him in, plus all the other intangibles that he brings. Nathan McKinnon was calling him an energizer buddy, bunny for the, uh, the the level of energy he plays with. Guy's a, a true pro, one of those really respected players um, that, you know, over the course of many years in the NHL, playing the game a certain way, the right way, uh, 
to a point where where players really respect a guy like Zach Parise. And so you bring him in here, you see what he can bring, and hopefully it just adds to your depth and it just creates uh, a lot more balance on your your four lines. Uh, it still remains a question, that second-line center. And I still think it's the biggest Achilles heel for this team as they try to win another Stanley Cup. But we'll see if adding a Zach Parise, what you have to hope is that Ryan Johansson at this point just finds another gear and that maybe being able to put certain guys around him that we can, the abs can sort of figure out that combination that unlocks uh, some really good play, better play out of Ryan Johansson. That's what you have to hope for uh, because otherwise then you're facing with this trade deadline still coming up uh, over a month from now, you're still looking at the idea of do they have to go out? Do they have to acquire a center? And what will that cost? And it sure looks like, as we talked about on the podcast last week, that the center market is so thin right now that to go out and trade for, as we've seen already with the Elias Lindholms, the Sean Monahans, it's going to be pretty pretty costly. And um, is that something the Avalanche want to do? Uh, we shall see. It would certainly make it a lot easier for them if Ryan Johansson, Johansson could just get his game going here and uh, make that all a moot point, you can feel good about Johansson being your second-line center, Ross Colton, uh, third line, and away we go. But we'll watch. Uh, it, it'll be fun to see. They're out on the road. Parise, it's a great time for Parise to join the team. As he talked about, hey, being able to get out on the road, um, don't have to worry about family. I could just hang out with the guys. I can have... Uh, dinners, we can bond, have a couple pops along the way, and just really get connected with this hockey team. And for a veteran like Parisi, I don't think it's going to be hard to do. So uh, this is a, a good chance. I think it's a good opportunity for the Avalanche to get out on the road, be together. Gabe Landeskog uh, reportedly will be along with the team during the course of this road trip, leading that, uh, kind of dangling that carrot out there that that maybe just maybe – uh, there's still a possibility of Gabe coming back this year. It remains a long shot. Uh, I was talking to Mark Schlereth about it during our show on the fan, and he said zero based on what he knows. And he's, Mark's basically earned a doctorate degree with all the injuries that he's had. He just thinks there's zero chance that Gabe's going to be able to come back this year. Um, we shall see. Uh, we, we still can hold out hope. But, hey, having a Gabe Landeskog out on the road with you during a long road trip and all the intangibles that he brings, all the leadership that he brings, it's not the same as when your sideline is when you're playing, but still, he brings a lot. He brings perspective, and just to have somebody like him around uh, can only help morale, right? So the Avs out on the road, we'll see how they look. Long road trip, some good teams, some good competition, and uh, most importantly, when this road trip is all over, we'll be only a couple of weeks away from the trade deadline. We'll have a much better idea of um, where this team is positioned and what they may need, may need to do uh, by the time the trade deadline comes along. So we shall see. Uh, congratulations on uh, the Avs who are at the All-Star break. And they get back to work with the rest of the guys. Zach Parisi, part of the fold. We'll see how it all looks moving forward. We'll be back again later in the week. Uh, there will have been a couple of games played on this road trip, so we'll have a chance to react to those with you. Thank you so much for watching. Share this podcast with a hockey friend in your life, the Mile High Hockey Podcast uh, presented by Four Comfort Gutters. We'll see you again later in the week.